views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants and no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon, everyone. Right now, my goodness, it is uh, 106 on this Tuesday it is January 5th. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. This portion of the program brought to my case. Remember, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks, uh, well, you can't do drinks in the lounge, really, but uh, lunch and dinner, the igloos are open. Check out K's, especially. I love their Facebook page. And you can get uh, all the, see all the different specials that they have. They're waiting for you at K's. Happy New Year to everyone from your friends, friends at uh case so folks we do have uh developing news on this uh tuesday and again it's john DePietro am 1380 or 99.9 fm the next governor mundo press briefing is going to be this friday it was supposed to be thursday but governor mundo supposedly has come in contact with someone and she's quarantined so she uh, supposedly came in and obviously folks things are really uh buzzing about um the governor being um as, as we talked about earlier with Donna Perry for Commerce Secretary. Now, keep in mind, that's a nomination. It's not a guarantee. It is It is not a guarantee. Um, let's see. I'm just looking at some quotes. But she, right now, seemingly would be that she would be the Commerce Secretary nominated. You then have to pass Senate confirmation. That would be sometime in February. And I'm seeing if Armando would resign, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee would become the governor. So the question is, would she just step down in the nomination process or want to wait to see if she was confirmed before she would step down? I say she waits. Um, Shilla says, oh, wait a minute, it possibly into March for lawmakers in Washington to confirm Biden picks. The landscape of the Senate would also be a determining factor. So Wendy Schiller is even saying March, not even February. So uh, Gina Armando is in an interesting position. Uh, because it's possible more opposition from her comes from the left wing of the Democrat Party than the Republican Party. So maybe I'll play this. Uh, this is a piece, I guess, that Channel 10 did on this um, whole thing with Governor Mundo. I'll play it. It looks like it's short. So she'll be saying sometime in March. Now, I think she waits. Here we go. Rumors continue to swirl over the prospect of President-elect Joe Biden picking Governor Raimondo for a cabinet position. Tonight, Axios is reporting that she's the top candidate to lead the country's Commerce Department. So what does that mean for you? The night team's Danielle Kennedy live at the State House to explain. Danielle? Right, Patrice, this isn't the first time the governor's been on a short list for a big job with the Biden administration. She's commented publicly on those murmurs before, but tonight no word from her team about what's next in her future. It's always disruptive when you have a governor who has to leave or just chooses to leave their term before it's finished. Tonight, new questions about Governor Gina Raimondo's future as Axios reports she's a top candidate for Commerce Secretary nominee. The question is, would she step down? Just in the nomination process, or would she wait to see if she was confirmed before she would step down? If she leaves, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee takes over. But Brown political professor Wendy Schiller says it could take months for lawmakers in Washington to confirm Biden's picks, with control of the Senate and some nominees still undecided. If Giamondo is chosen as Commerce Secretary nominee, it shows that Rhode Island's been doing something right. 
Raimondo's already been mentioned as a possible Biden VP pick and Health and Human Services Secretary, but had this to say about the job last month. My focus is right here in Rhode Island, as I have said. I'm working 24-7 to keep Rhode Islanders safe and keeping our economy moving, and I have nothing else to add on that topic. In a statement, the lieutenant governor says he won't comment on speculation, adding, quote, as lieutenant governor, my main responsibility has always been to be prepared to step up and serve as governor. Should a transition occur, I am prepared. I reached out to the governor's spokesperson tonight for comment, but did not hear back. Also tonight, no response from the Biden's press team. Yeah. Now, folks, they, as I said earlier, and again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro right now. Now, I want to get back to, though, we have a big story. Right now, it's 110, and it has to do uh, uh, right with the Maryland socket. And let me get the latest developing uh, news with that, with the person that has been taken into custody for threatening um, the mayor of socket. So I want to bring you the latest now. And I did, I know them, I did reach out to, uh, left a message for the, the chief. But let me, um, I want to just bring you the latest because this was apparently very tense and they do have someone in custody. So, Winsocket police say a man has been arrested. Threats were made against Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt. Now, folks, right now it's one eleven on this. It's Tuesday. Boy, there's just so much news in this new year. But I started to mention um, some of this. So, he appeared and was, um, Mr. Roy appeared in 6th District Court today for arraignment. So, it was back December 23rd that a call came right before Christmas. The police dispatch center, the caller identified as Michael Roy was making threats to harm Woonsocket Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt over the city and state elected officials. He claimed of loaded weapons. The Woonsocket police went to work, and then it took over two and a half hours. You know, I do actually remember this now. So apparently he is being, um, he was just being arraigned today. So I wanted to see if there was any other uh, further developments. So let me get to... um, Let's see. I don't expect any news about Governor Rondo Commerce today. The Biden team is focused on the Georgia election. As I had said, they are going to um, they're going to wait before any decisions on that. But uh, let's see. Uh, Senator White House. Uh, he's getting the shot through his shirt. His shirt sleeve is rolled up. Uh, I don't know. That's. People have conspiracies that some of these people are not um, actually getting the vaccine, even though the vaccine is a problem. Now, for people that are wondering, so you have a big crowd in Washington, and it's building, and it's it's going to get bigger. I mean, there are people who are already there now. By time tomorrow, when President Trump is going to speak at 11 o'clock, and they're calling this the fight for Trump, this certainly has all the makings of... Depending on what the news is out of Georgia tonight. Now, if the news out of Georgia tonight, and I recognize that it could take them a while, but they should have a pretty good handle tonight. If tonight in Georgia the results come out, I think the the crowd in Washington, I think today is going to be uh, some somewhat peaceful. But I think tomorrow's another story. I think tomorrow there is the potential 
for some some violence. Let me just look at some of the latest headlines. Trump refers to Kelly Loeffler's Karen. <laughs> Early voting numbers put Republicans on edge. Spending tops. How about this? Eight hundred thirty-three million in the Georgia runoff. Post office delays could hit military overseas ballots. Biden says you'll get a $2,000 check immediately if we win. Tonight, Dems aim for total control. Boy, that would be bad. Officers at Georgia polling places after threats. Newsmack and um, One America vie for Trump loyalists. The president was taking some shots at Fox News last night. I think um, I think there's going to be some violence tomorrow. I do. I think, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I'm already seeing on Facebook that some of the people that hang down there are going down there for, um, that it, it, if, especially with Georgia, if the news comes tomorrow that the, the Democrats basically, if they end up winning, um, if they end up winning, then I think it's going to really turn into a mob. And, and I mean, what I mean by that is I mean it's going to turn into an angry mob um, in Washington. And the, the whole the, the plan is you get there at nine o'clock tomorrow morning and then at um you get there tomorrow, and then at 11, President Trump is going to speak. And if things don't, you know, work out, uh, especially in Georgia, I think it's things could really get problematic. I think things could get um, very problematic. And, you know, you already saw it, though, last night. This whole thing... At 116, let me let me just explain something, folks. And again, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This all summer long, the protests have all been one way, right? There's never been any problems. The media jumped up and down when one guy got arrested at a Trump gathering, stop the steal, honk and wave outside of Ann and Hope on Post Road in Warwick. One guy who went across the street, good guy, and he was suddenly surrounded by Black Lives Matter protesters. And they got up into his face and kind of set him up. And then as he was trying to get away from them, he uh, accidentally pushed one of them. And then they start to explode on him. But that was just one. All summer long, there were over 100 protesters from June 1st. Until the end of the year, there were over 100 protesters arrested in Rhode Island, either from the riot or the different other protests or in front of Governor Raimondo's home or in front of the Providence Police Station or up on Federal Hill. Over 100, 100 to 1. And the media was always saying, what were they saying, folks? The peaceful protesters. These are just peaceful protesters. How can anyone get upset? Over what are just peaceful protesters? No one would get into the fact that there was there was nothing. If any, there was very very little to nothing peaceful about the whole thing. So, but I think 
it comes to an end tomorrow because when you get that kind of a group, and last night I watched that rally, people were talking about fight for Trump. They were chanting fight for Trump. And then he was saying, no, march. Fight, the, the, the chant that went out was fight for Trump. And when you get people in that mindset, um, I'm, I'm looking right now. Someone just posted. Someone just paged fight for Trump on the flight to D.C. in Atlanta. So they're paging someone. Now, that's at the airport. This is as they're, like, heading in there. And then you have a guy smiling, laughing with a stop the seal, stop the steal hat. So when the president says, you know, it's really fight for our country, not fight for Trump. I want to play that. That was um, last night at the rally. There we go. It's really fight for our country, not fight for Trump. It's fight for our country, because that's what we're fighting. Well, you just watch news. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you know, really- They're chanting fight for Trump. They were. The crowd was chanting fight for Trump. And I think that is going to happen. And I think it's going to happen tomorrow. Um, when you get, as I said, when you get that number of people... And they're all coming out. And people are upset the way. Um, let me I think. I think there's more of the crowd chanting. Yeah, listen, fight for Trump. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen tomorrow. I think people need to be very cautious about what's going to happen. Trump supporters are already in D.C. filling in to kick off the D.C. protest. People are coming in, and you have people that that are going to be looking for trouble. And, and they're frustrated, and they haven't been given answers, and they're looking for answers, and they're not given the time of day, and they're told to just go away. And I, I think they're... I think there's going to be some problems. Let's see what happens in Georgia. Let's see what happens in Georgia. And then, folks, you know, this also then falls on what Vice President Mike Pence is going to do, as President Trump mentioned it last night. But that crowd, the fight for Trump, um, you're you're going to – I think you're really going to see this tomorrow. It's happening. It is happening that tomorrow there's a lot of people that are heading into D.C. that they're they're expecting um, that they're expecting to fight and they're prepared to fight, by the way, that they're prepared to fight. So 
And then I, I don't know what's going to happen to Mike Pence. Here's the president last night. Pence comes through for us, I have to tell you. I hope that our great vice president, our great vice president comes through for us. He's a great guy. Of course, if he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. Now that's a problem for the vice president. If he thinks he and can... I hope Mike Pence comes through for us, I have to tell you. If the vice president thinks he's just going to go through the motions, do the envelope, that that's a tough position to be in. Folks, it's John DePietro on this Tuesday. This portion of the program is brought to be R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. You can look for them. There's a direct link. On the website, dipetro.com, plumbing, heating, and cooling, residential services. Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Call them today at 401-732-6562. So let me bring you up to speed on all the news, folks. Now, right now, first of all, a big news is we are on Governor Armando Watch. And that is, and I, I don't know if everyone understands how significant this is, but I think this is a trial balloon that has been sent out that she may be the next now nominee for Secretary of Commerce. Her confirmation process, if she is the Biden nominee, would not happen until March, probably March. Some people are saying February could be March. I believe she stays governor and says, listen, I'm perfectly capable of handling everything that we're doing. I don't think she's immediately just resigns unless they had guarantees that she was going to pass the Senate. But even then, I still don't think that Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. Now, the next press briefing was set for Thursday. Today's Tuesday. The next briefing is now moved to Friday because Governor Raimondo supposedly came in contact with someone who has COVID. So the governor, Governor Raimondo, once again, is quarantined. So now also there will be big changes today. Rhode Island lawmakers at the Rhode Island General Assembly, the State House, um, the State House will remain quiet, but they are expected that they are going to um, have House Speaker Nick Mattiello is gone. And Joe Sakachi will be the new the new speaker. So um, that is expected. And that is a big change. And then there'll be some changes that he will then have his new staff. Cranston Mayor Alan Fung is no longer the mayor of Cranston. He's been the mayor of Cranston for quite some time. Warwick has a new mayor now. So Cranston and Warwick both have new mayors. Mayor uh, Baldelli Hunt stays. Governor Mundo is in quarantine. Joe Sakachi will be the new speaker with Mattiello gone. And then tomorrow there is a protest outside of the Secretary of State's office. If you want information for that, it's on Facebook. And I will probably put something on my website a little bit later, petro.com. But uh, a big thing is the governor seems a top contender for Commerce Secretary. Now, I do think it's a trial balloon. And I don't think that that's a position that the like the people that would be against her, which would be it's really coming from the Democrat side, 
a lot of the progressives and then some of the union people. I don't think they're going to they, – they would object to anything that she would get. But I don't think they're going to object enough that it would affect whether or not she gets it. I hope that our great vice president – our great vice president comes through for us. He's a great guy. Because if he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. <laughs> now, I think another problem, though, is the quote that that was President Trump last night at the rally in Georgia. And they are going to have a big crowd in Washington. Let me just check the um, the weather in Washington. I know there's a number of people that have gone down. I want to uh, let me just pull it up right now. Just so we have an idea of the weather there. And today it is cloudy, 43 degrees. It's going to be in the 40s, not bad, all day and then into the night. Now, tomorrow looks like a nice sunny day, high 45 degrees. Again, not terrible, but that's pretty decent weather to be outside. Listen, if the sun is out and the temperature is above 40 degrees, that's pretty comfortable. So um, that is um, something to watch. And we're going to watch everything tomorrow. Um, But something that the president said, I I, I think also, by the way, President Trump, I think he just recognizes that no matter what happens, he is he was saying he is he is probably going to be blamed for any type of trouble that happens in um, in D.C., But, you know, the headline, Trump says he'll fight like hell to hold on to the presidency. I think that, you know, this whole business of the fight. And I think there are going to be fights. I think there is going to be some trouble. I want to hear this is the um, uh, package. Thank you very much. Hello, Georgia, by the way. There's no way we lost Georgia. There's no way. That was a rigged election. But we're still fighting it, and you'll see what's going to happen. We'll talk about it, and uh, I just want to thank you. This is some crowd. You know, uh, Biden was here today also. They had 14 people in three cars. No, there was no way. And I just want to thank you. You know, I've had two elections. I won both of them. It's amazing. And, And I actually did much better on the second one. It's great to be back in this incredible state, the home of hardworking patriots who believe in God, family, and country. Tomorrow, each of you is going to vote in one of the most important runoff elections of the history of our country. Frankly, forget about runoff, one of the most important elections, really. It's really not runoff, it's elections because uh, it's a biggie. Our country is... Depending on you, the whole world is watching the people of Georgia tomorrow, and you got to swamp them because everything's so crooked around. I mean, not and not here. They were saying, "Oh, he's complaining about Georgia." No, no, I'm complaining about eight different states, uh, and I think we're going to win them all. You're going to get everyone you know. You're going to show up at the polls in record numbers. You got to swamp them, and together we're going to defeat the Democratic streamers and deliver a thundering. Victory to David Perdue and where's David? David, David, he, we love our David. I know David so well. He's respected and loved by everyone and someone that has really been a star in Washington, Kelly Leffler. Where is Kelly? 
Where's our Kelly? He was great. What a job you've done. You know, she was, uh, actually, I thought she was terrific last night. Uh, she brought a lot of momentum. Folks, again, that was President Trump last night at the rally. And, you know, so now everyone is going to wait. And again, good afternoon. Right now it's one thirty. It's Sean DePietro. So we're going to wait and see just what happens in Georgia. Now, I, again, I don't know if they're going to be able to have a full result by tomorrow. It could take some time. But I, I have a feeling they're going to have a, a good handle on it. It's not going to be... Uh, I, I mean, it, it could take a while, but I think they'll have a decent handle on it. And the the only thing is, it, I mean, if they don't, um, if this thing does not go, this thing could just get really ugly in Washington tomorrow. Again, I will be posting about it, especially the local protest on my website, depetro.com. Remember, depetro.com is brought to you by um, Relaxed Souls Reflexology, the great Lisa Wood. You can call or text her at 401-742-6621. Deep relaxed, healing from inside out, boosts immune function, face, ear, hand, feet, reflexology. Look at the whole person making an alternative advice to healing. Lisa is very talented, folks, and um, you can get in touch with her through her website, which I have a link for right on our website, which is petro.com. Reflexology differs from massage because it works from the inside out. It uses acupressure points and meridians to stimulate the body to heal itself. Highly recommended. Reflexology is the application of pressure to areas on the feet or the hands. So it's relaxing and alleviates stress. Areas of the foot correspond to organs and systems of the body. So it eases stress, helps your body work better, connects spots to the outside of the body, the inside. So, again, if you want to learn more, and I highly encourage you to do that, you want to um, log on at the website, and that is uh, depetro.com, where then you can have a direct link and, you know, find out more about Lisa Serp. But tomorrow in Washington, now how about last night? He is the senator from Missouri. And Brett Baer was kind of going after him a little bit. And it got a little contentious. But he's a senator and he has stepped forward and said tomorrow that they're going to challenge the vote. They're going to challenge. And when uh, Vice President Pence, um, let me, uh, let's see, some Georgia voters, this is the latest, who cast ballots, President-elect Biden, are opting for the Republicans in the Senate Senate runoff races as a backstop to one-party control of government. Now, that's the New York Times. So that's very good, folks. It's going to be, it's so important for um, the, the Republicans to hold on to the Senate. I'm also looking, shortly after Trump claimed he has an authority, doesn't Pence arrived at the White House. So the vice president is... At the White House. So this is going to be, um, boy, this is going to be a lot over the next, it's really the next 24 hours that we're going to have a good handle on it. But for the media um, complaining, for the media complaining about, I want to see, um, this was um, the media complaining about people that want to protest in Washington all summer long. 
you had to listen to the, the quote, the peaceful protesters. So I don't know why the Trump people can't take the role of the peaceful protesters uh, in Washington. So, but let me play. Uh, this was Josh, Senator Josh Hawley was on with Brett Beer last night. I want to play it because Beer pushed back. I didn't take up that that case either. They did not take up the quick case, the, the Supreme Court. We've seen courts across the country deal not only with not the standing of different cases, but also the evidence. And some of them Trump, Trump judges. I just want to pin you down on, on what you're trying to do. You know, are you trying to say that as of January 20th, that President Trump will be president? Well, Brett, that, that depends on what happens on Wednesday. I mean, this is why we have the debates. No, it this doesn't. I mean, the states, the by the Constitution, say they certify the election. They did certify it. By the Constitution, Congress doesn't have the right to overturn the certification, at least as most experts read it. Well, Congress is, is directed under the 12th Amendment to count the electoral votes. There's a statute that dates back to the, 19, to the 1800s, rather, 19th century, that says that there is a right to object, there's a right to be heard, and there's also certification. Right, that's from 1876, Senator, and it's, it's right. the, the Tilden-Hayes race in which there were three states that did not certify their, their electors. So Congress was left to come up with this system, this commission, that eventually got to a negotiated grand bargain. But now all of the states have certified their elections as of December 14th. So it doesn't, by constitutional ways, open a door to Congress to overturn that, does it? Well, no, I'm talking about the statute, Brett. There's a statute that says, that governs what Congress does on January the 6th, and it says that we have a vote of certification and that we have to we have the opportunity to debate the results to certify the results we count them and then we certify and my point is this is my only opportunity during this process to raise an objection and to be heard i don't have standing to file lawsuits i'm not a prosecutor anymore i used to be but i'm not anymore i, I can't investigate claims of voter fraud on my own but i do have a responsibility in this joint session of Congress, to either say I've got no problem with it, or I do have a problem with it, and my constituents expect right, don't you have the a right responsibility to, say, I have to your a constituents. Don't you have a responsibility to tell them that it's not going to be President Trump as of January twenty-first as well? Well, Brett, we're. You know that is the big question, folks. That is the big question, and I know Fox is getting pushback on this, but they're not. <clears throat> he's not caving on it. I'm also seeing. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence will play a delicate role tomorrow when Congress convenes to ratify President-elect Joe Biden's victory. It's akin to the presenter opening the Academy Award envelope and reading the winner with no say in who's in it. So Pence's choice, side with the Constitution or side with his boss. You know, that's the first time that I've seen anyone explain it in that manner. Pence's choice, side with the Constitution or his boss. Almost like you go out for the Academy Awards. Speaking to supporters of President Trump Monday, Vice President Mike Pence implored the crowd to vote in the two runoff elections. I'm here for one reason and one reason only, and that is that Georgian America needs David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler back in the Republican majority. But the crowd had a message for him. Listen to this. We need you to do the right thing January 6th, one supporter cried out. Stop the steal, shouted others. The crowd applauded. If Pence had tried to skirt the president's effort to cling to power, his reception in Georgia on Monday served as the latest reminder of the delicate role he'll play tomorrow when Congress conducts what is typically ceremonial duty of opening 
in counting certificates of electoral votes. As president of the Senate, Pence is expected to preside over the pro forma certification of the Electoral College vote in front of a joint session of Congress, constitutionally prescribed televised moment in which Pence will name the winner of the 2020 presidential election, Joseph R. Biden Jr. It's also a moment some of Pence's advisors have been bracing themselves for ever since the president lost the election and stepped up his claims of widespread voter fraud. There's no chance of Pence not being there, people close to him said. Pence aides have told people they view his role as largely ceremonial. I know we all have got our doubts about the last election, Pence said Monday in Georgia. I want to assure you that I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. It was not clear, perhaps by design, what he meant. Pence does not have unilateral power to affect the outcome of the proceedings. But he carefully tried to look like he's loyally following the president's lead. Even as he goes through a process expected to end with him reading out a declaration that Biden is the winner. After nearly a dozen Republican senators say they plan to object to the certification of the vote on Wednesday... The vice president's chief of staff, Mark Short, issued a carefully worded statement intended not to anger anyone. The vice president welcomes the efforts of the members of the House and Senate to use the authority they have under the law to raise objections and bring forward evidence before the Congress and the American people on January 6th. The statement, which frustrated senators who say President Trump is trying to thwart the democracy, helped to mollify the president, according to one person close to him. But it was not enough to squash the belief of many Trump supporters and the president himself that the vice president could still somehow help overturn the results. Listen to this, folks. And again, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro, 140 on this Tuesday. Two people briefed on the discussions saying Mr. Trump has directly pressed Mr. Pence to find an alternative to certifying Biden's win such as preventing him from having 270 electoral votes and letting the election be thrown to the House to decide. In Georgia, Monday night at a rally for the senators, President Trump openly pressured the vice president, I hope Mike Pence comes through for us. I have to tell you, of course, if he doesn't come through, I won't like him as much before saying that he really likes Mr. Mr. Pence. On Monday, after the, the vice president returned from Georgia, The vice president and Mr. Trump were expected to hear a last-minute pitch at the White House from John Eastman, another Trump lawyer. Pence also met with the Senate parliamentarian for hours on Sunday to prepare himself and the president of what he said while on the Senate floor. The fact Pence's role is almost entirely scripted by those uh, parliamentarians is not expected to ease a rare moment of tension between himself and the president, who's come to believe Pence's role will be akin to that of Chief Justice, an arbiter who plays a role in the outcome. In reality, it'd be more akin to the presenter opening the Academy Award envelope and reading the name of the movie that won Best Picture with no say in determining the winner. 
President Trump's real understanding of this process is minimal, said Scott Reed, a Republican strategist. Some of Trump's other advisors have helped fuel the idea that Pence could affect the outcome of the election. How about in an interview with uh, Jeanine Piero on Fox, Peter Navarro, White House trade advisor, claimed that Pence could unilaterally grant a demand by Senator Cruz of Texas and 11 other Republican senators from an emergency 10-day audit of the election returns in the states that Trump allies are disputing. On Saturday morning, the president called Pence and expressed surprised that the Justice Department weighed in against a lawsuit filed by Trump supporters, including House members, seeking to expand Pence's power in the process. The suit was dismissed on Friday by a federal judge in Texas who the president had appointed. One person close to Pence described Wednesday's duties as gut-wrenching, saying he would need to balance the president's misguided beliefs about government with his own years of preaching deference to the Constitution. Members of the vice president's circle expects that Pence will follow the rules while on the Senate floor and play a ceremonial role as scripted. But after that, he'll have to compensate by showing he's still loyal to President Trump. A tentative final foreign trip by Mr. Pence to visit Israel, Barim, and Belgium was scrapped. While more events that talk up Trump's legacy at home are being considered. Aides would not say whether Pence would attend Biden's inauguration. Pence aides say they expect the vice president to walk through what's expected to happen on Capitol Hill with Mr. Trump before Wednesday, in part to inoculate himself against public criticism in real time. But even with his practice at managing the president, Republican strategists describe Pence as being in the worst political position of any potential 2024 major Republican presidential candidate. The vice president will be unable to avoid a nationally televised moment if he declares Biden the winner, potentially disappointing those who believe Mr. Trump was the victor and angering those who think he has the power to change the outcome. His best bet is to buck and dodge and make it through without infuriating either side, said Bill Crystal. Well, Crystal's really anti-Trump. Uh, he wasn't ever Trumper, excuse me, who was chief of staff to Vice President Dan Quayle. He has to hope the Trump people are furious at Tom Cotton and anyone else who doesn't go along, Crystal said. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, an ally of the president, said he will not join the effort to challenge the electoral college results. Has to hope establishment Republicans are furious at Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, and then there's the guy who didn't offend anyone. Four years ago, Pence was facing a difficult re-election of governor of Indiana. When Trump's advisors at the time sort of opportunity in choosing the mild-mannered, silver-haired conservative who's popular among the evangelical voters who support Trump needed. Since then, Pence has played the role of the president's relentless defender, with rare exception, prevented daylight from coming between them. In an administration that has cycled through four chiefs of staff, four national security advisors, and four press secretaries, the vice president's political calculation has long been that being the unsteadily loyal number two would give him the best shot in inheriting the Trump mantle. But with 16 days left in the administration, Pence is at risk of meeting the fate he has successfully avoided for four years, being publicly attacked by the president. <laughs> Since the election, his political advisor wanted Pence focused solely on the two Senate, Senate, uh, Senate runoffs in Georgia. And on the distribution of the coronavirus, neither has been significant interest to the president. 
Pence only play is to be loyal, subservient, and supportive right down the last minute he's vice president. Um, Michael Feldman, former traveling chief of staff to Vice President Al Gore, who recalled his former boss playing the awkward role prescribed by the Constitution of announcing his own defeat after Gore lost the 2000 presidential election. Pence will do whatever he thinks will please the president and his supporters in this. So, folks, that is, um, again, high drama for tomorrow, without question. It is. And you have people that are filing into Washington now. There'll be more of them overnight. Um, and then, you know, who knows where it goes tomorrow? I mean, who who knows where this thing that start to take off to tomorrow? So right now it's one forty six, folks. I want to remind you about Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Uh, tomorrow's a big day there. Stop in, get some Trump chocolate donuts, Trump cupcakes. You have delicious calzones, and also the most delicious cannolis. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet, one seventy Royal Little Drive in Providence. Ron and Melissa, remember everything is fresh. Free coffee for police and military. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop it and see them. Look for them on Facebook. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. You're going to love it. They're the real deal. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Hey, I also want to remind you, if you're ever in an accident. Now, right now, it's 147 on this Tuesday. My goodness, folks, there's already so much news. And we are only, look at this, we're only... uh, Today's Tuesday, but there was a lot of news on Sunday. There was a lot of news over the weekend, and it started with the president's phone call and so forth. But if you're ever in an accident, I just want to remind you, I want to encourage you to pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. The original, the best, call West Fountain Auto Body today. Were you in an accident? Did someone hit your vehicle? If you were, call West Fountain. At 401-272-3340. West Fountain Auto Body. They will repair your vehicle. Showroom-like condition. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Call them. 401-272-3340. 401-272-3340. West Fountain Auto Body. Remember, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. If your vehicle was damaged and you need it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. So right now, it's 148. Good afternoon, everyone. Maybe you're tuned on either AM 1380 or try the 99.9 FM. That is such a strong signal from Providence and North, the AM 1380, of course. And then you can always listen at the website. I always encourage people. You can listen right there at the website, depetro.com. Remember, depetro.com which is uh, brought to you by Cranston Surplus Provisions, one of our sponsors of the website. Folks, who knows where things are going to go when they talk about defunding the police and they're talking about all kinds of crazy things. You want to stop by Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, where they have ammo, they have body armor, they have pepper spray, food storage. Someone said to me, what's body armor? But that's, you know, that's a, a bulletproof vest or they have also have a knife proof vest. Uh, it's, it's plates that you wear. That's what makes for a, 
a bulletproof vest, body armor, ammo, pepper spray, and food storage. It's surplus provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. So today is a big day. There's a new mayor. Cranston will have a new mayor. Mayor Fung, no longer the mayor. Ken Hopkins will be the new mayor in Cranston. You have uh, Warwick as a new mayor. That Solomon is out of there. Instead, you will have uh, this Frank Picosi. You also, we will have a new speaker after today, which will be House Speaker Joe Sakachi up at the Rhode Island State House, although they're not meeting at the State House, um, as, it, as, as it were. Um, and then all eyes are right now on exactly what's going to happen with Governor Rhode Island, Governor Gina Raimondo. So right now at 150, in case you're just um, getting in the in the car or you're putting on the radio and kind of want to know, you know, what is uh, the latest and um, and so forth. The, the latest right now, let's see. I just want to see uh, as Trump ramps up pressure on Pence out of tomorrow, claiming as the party doesn't. The two of them having lunch together right now. The lunch is typically listed on the president Trump's uh, the president's public schedule. So right now, the vice president and the president are having lunch. Can you imagine? So, um, and uh, the crowds are filling in in Washington, big time. Wow, are they ever! So tomorrow is a big day. If you want to protest, uh, then you want to. Um, if it, there is a protest in Rhode Island, it is on. Uh, I did put it on my Facebook page, but there's a protest tomorrow. I'll pull up details about that in um, in just a moment. But I also want to just check locally. So the Governor Amundo briefings and, and excuse me, um, rumors continue. And it seems if you're the, the Biden people, uh, boy, a big question is what is Joe Biden going to do about charter schools? I mean, that is... Um, that is a big question. It's a real unknown on what's going to happen. What's he going to do for the the charter schools? But Governor Amundo, I know there are people that are not fans of her. The governor, though, in the last press briefing, excuse me, in the last um, approval rating, Governor Amundo had in the last, she, the, the uh, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, she the governor had over 60, I think 65% approval rating. So it's still very, very high. Let me also just see this. Marty Walsh asked whether he'd say no to being Biden's labor secretary. I don't want to speculate in something like that. So the mayor of Boston, he's expected to be named labor secretary for Biden. And again, folks, let me just say this. This is all predicated on that he is going to be the president. Uh, Ted Nisi, I don't expect any news about Governor of Commerce. Yeah, they're focused on Georgia. Nothing's going to happen on that. And even if it did... I, I don't think anything would happen until March. She would be the nominee. She would just have to wait. She'd be vetted. We have reason to believe that they've already been vetting her. There's no press briefing this week. Instead, the Governor Mundo press briefing will be Friday, simply because uh, Governor Mundo right now is apparently quarantined because the um, the governor is quarantined. Because she supposedly came into contact with someone. Ooh, I, we may have. Um, is this uh, is this Chief Oates? It is, Chief. Can I have you on the radio for a quick minute? To uh, I just wanted to ask you about the the situation with the. 
No, no, no. All right, folks, joining us right now, he is the, no, 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 the chief of police in uh, Woonsocket, and it's Chief Tom Oates. Uh, Happy New Year, Chief. Happy New Year to you, John. Chief, I wanted to just ask you about uh, the man, and it sounds like tremendous work on behalf of your staff, the man who is in custody and who was arraigned today for making threats against Woonsocket, the Woonsocket Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt. Yeah, um, back on the uh, 23rd, we had that individual identified as Michael Roy uh, calling to our uh, communication center and uh, uh, was very disturbed at that point. Obviously had some mental issues going on. Uh, the dispatch people brought in uh, one of our sergeants on duty, Justin Glode, who's a, a negotiator and a member of our special response team. He was able to keep the individual on the phone for a couple hours uh, while that was going on. We also have a great partnership with Community Care Alliance. We happened to have a clinician that was in the building working with us that night who was able to monitor the conversation back and forth between uh, the sergeant and Mr. Roy. And uh, the result of it was after a couple hours of negotiation and uh, he was able to uh, convince him to come out of his residence uh, and was uh, taken into custody, brought to uh, from, from medical psych- psychological treatment. Um, and uh, as a result, uh, we did a search of his house and did recover firearms and ammunition. Uh, so it was a great job uh, uh, by uh, Sergeant Glode and the other people involved in community care and, and defusing that situation. Subsequently, after that, that had happened, uh, we continued our investigation into some postings that he had had Facebook and then some of the uh, comments that were made during the conversation. And those uh, materials were reviewed by the Attorney General's office, um, and it was determined that he'd be uh, appropriately charged with threatening a public official, in particular uh, the mayor, because uh, he specifically in some of his rantings um, made disturbing mention that um, he, he knew where the mayor lived and uh, was close by and could go to her, her residence and take her out. Um, at gunpoint, so uh, that's resulted in the charge of uh, threatening a public official. But uh, uh, it, it was, uh, he was presented in court today. Uh, he surrendered to us yesterday after coming out of uh, some psychiatric treatment um, and was, was presented to the court today and is charged with that uh, single offense right now. Wow, Chief, that is tremendous work on behalf of your staff in containing that situation. And, and Chief, it, it's such, I try to tell people this as well, um, and I'm glad I have you on the line because I want everyone to hear this. No matter how frustrated people may be, and I understand people are upset about the lockdown and they didn't like the way the election went, you, you can't threaten people and you certainly can't threaten public officials it's not you know i get these people and i warn them you can't say things like that well i have freedom of you don't have freedom of speech you can't threaten public officials you shouldn't be threatening anyone that's not the way that people should hear their grievances and go ahead you're absolutely it's extremely extremely concerning when uh you know these public officials the, the mayor doing her job the governor doing uh, her job are making difficult decisions for everybody. Uh, and if you have a grievance with that, it's a process to go ahead and take it. But when individuals then uh, make these threats, and in this case, this individual certainly had uh, the capability of carrying out what he was saying. He was found in possession of a couple of assault rifles, a handgun, and, and ammunition. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's really, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's something that, the, you know, unfortunately the mayor and her family had to go through. And, you know, in any other time, you know, uh, they're, they're people just trying to do their job the best that they can and not uh, looking out for the public. And 
you're right. Anyone who does threaten any of our public officials or city workers, as a matter of fact, in the performance of their duties, they're going to be held accountable to the courts. And that's where it is with that. I mean, this gentleman may have the mental issues that he has, and I hope he gets treatment for whatever triggered this. But the bottom line is that he's going to be held accountable. He's before the court charge, and he's going to have to answer for his actions that day. You and your staff did a tremendous job. That is great police work. What people need to identify is the police. You work on thin margins. If there was one mistake made, and this thing could have gone sideways a million different ways, it would have been a big story, da-da-da. But, boy, that was that was great police work. That's effective police work. Chief Oates, you should feel very good about your leadership and about your staff in doing that. I have a great team that I work with, and you're absolutely right. This, the negotiation started off with this individual saying that he was barricaded, he had weapons, he had oh. military-grade body he had military grade body armor, and he had no intention in surrendering. He wasn't going to be offensive, but if anyone tried to encroach on his property, it was going to be a different story. So, I mean, yeah, the outcome of this, the way it worked out, is, is, couldn't have been better for everybody involved. Chief, you and your force keep up the great work. Your uh, people, you have a respect, thoughts, and prayers. Happy New Year! But again, I am. Uh, you should feel very proud about that. And a year that we saw is just terrible attacks on our members of law enforcement. That was uh, that was a shining moment, and that's through training and discipline and leadership. And uh, you know that is a big win. So feel good about that. Uh, this is a difficult story, but it, it was had a tremendous outcome. So, Chief, great to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you more. I have a New Year's resolution. I'm going to have you on my show more often. All right, John. <laughs> Happy New Year to you and your family, and thanks, as always, for the support that you give the Woonsocket Police Department. Absolutely. Thank you, Chief. Folks, Thank there you. He, thanks, Chief. There's uh, Chief Tom Oates right here. Again, that was um, that was excellent work by the uh, Woonsocket Police. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. Now, listen, let's wait and see what happens tomorrow. Um, we're going to have full coverage. I hope that there's no trouble in D.C., but I also live in reality. It certainly seems to be building towards that. I want you to enjoy this Tuesday. We have a full program tomorrow. If you do want to WNRI, one socket.